Selling your car on cars.com is so fast. It's like the dealer is in your own backyard. Get the best offer instantly, confirm with the dealer, and the money's yours. Cars.com is magical. Tap to sell on cars.com today. 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Yeah, if you like cycling to EDM. Not just EDM. Try cycling to Broadway hits, take a scenic hike in Iceland on our treadmill, or row to some 80s jams. Because I have so much free time. Whether you have 30 minutes or just five, Peloton can fit any schedule. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, row, or bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. And welcome in, everybody. This is Forging the Falcons. I am Scott Kennedy, your host, along with co-host Nick Kendall. And Nick has told me that he was a Chelsea fan, but I didn't actually fully believe it until he whips out the Chelsea shirt on on Champions League Wednesday. But you know what? That's just a coincidence that it's going to be all Chelsea. We're talking Falcons football. We're talking NFL football. We're not going to talk. We're not going to talk uh, the other sports today. I promise you. So yeah. <laughs> go ahead nick no as i just uh i went through all my uh we recently not re- that recently but moved to a new apartment or a new rental a uh, few months ago and finally went through all my clothes as we're kind of working through room by room and i'm like oh chelsea jersey i'm gonna lay this one out just for the next time Ch- scott has it obviously scott's a bigger fan than i'm because i didn't even know for sure that chelsea was playing today but uh love the love the blue um definitely the team i play with in fifa and follow them when they're good. So, uh, <laughs> um, which is most of the time. So, no, I, I said, that's the last thing I'll say about it. I like it because, uh, you know, I'd rather watch competitive sports on a Saturday morning than the same old shtick from college game day, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, it's kind of yeah. cool. So, um, yeah. And it's, Jeremy says it's a good thing that Chelsea doesn't have any games in the Seattle area. Yeah. We know Seattle is 0 and 8 when attending Broncos games. And Atlanta Falcons fans, we just feel cursed grow up. We just mm-hmm. feel cursed altogether. So um, you know how it goes. So we got a lot of things we want to get into today. I want to say hello to the chat as it comes in. As the Facebook algos start reaching you, go ahead and come in and hit that like button and uh, and say hello. Uh, most of our crew is in on YouTube early until everybody, you know, Facebook's a little slower to, to send alerts and that type of stuff. So... Uh, some of the things I want to get into, um, the Falcons made, and I, I titled it, and what I've been saying is on the surface, what looks like a bizarre move, uh, restructuring the contract of linebacker Deion Jones, basically to pay him off. <laughs> uh, any salary that he was owed for the rest of the year, he now has. He got that in the form of a bonus. They added three years of void years on there so they can stretch that bonus across the, the next three years if they want to. It lowers his salary cap hit for this year by about $6.5 million, which opens up now the Falcons have close to $10 million in available cap room for 2022. Yippee. Okay, so it's 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 September. You know, that would have been nice to have in April. Uh, why I call it bizarre, Nick, is because it raises his dead cap number for next year to $12 million. Now, I don't see any way on God's green earth Deion Jones is an Atlanta Falcon next year. Um, And I've said before, I'll be a little surprised if he comes back and he's on the field this year at all. Um, This seems like a payoff, but why raise the dead cap number for next year? That doesn't, on the surface, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, the big thing that I think you need to think about here is rollover cap rollover mm-hmm. so really it is just an accounting thing like let's say you you have a contract that's six million this year and only three million space next year just some easy money and you restructure it so that way you have six million dead next year but only cost three this year freeing up three million in space well now you have three million more to play with this season but if you don't use it guess what it just rolls over to next right. season so really it's just pushing some beans from one pile to another and now you have a little bit more room this year to be flexible let's say there's somebody mm-hmm. you want to sign or um even let's say you don't want to pay as much this season. You added the voidable years as well because of something X, Y, Z. You're just creating the space next year if you don't use it this year. So really it just comes down to accounting um, from what I can gather. Yeah, that that makes sense because if you think about it, his dead cap next year was supposed to be five, five this year, next year. Now it's 12 after, after the uh, restructure, but they've now moved um, some of that available money into this year. So like you said, they could, sign a free agent besides a veteran minimum, which is what they've been doing for the last two years uh, at this time of year. They could 
but the thing is, is like those aren't always available. But I guess, like you said, it's nice to have it. You know, it's nice yeah. to have that ability. You still, you absolutely cannot trade him now. Cannot, no. cannot, because now someone would have to pick up about fifteen million dollars to to break even. Now he's untradeable. So he, he was on the IR anyway. But now you cannot trade him um, because his the salary cap relief would be in the negatives. Um, but if you carry over that seven to next year, 12 minus seven is still five. So it would still be a five uh, hit against the salary cap because, and the thing is, is the Falcons aren't used to saying carrying over salary cap money. That's a foreign concept in Atlanta. So it's like, wait, you're, you're allowed to do that. You know, usually the Falcons are scraping by to try and figure out where to get nickels and dimes and quarters from underneath the couch cushions in order to pay the, the the latest bears waiver wire transaction. So this is, this is a little different. Um, I'll be interested to see if they, if they want to try and spend that money. And, and as we're starting to open up, uh, the RCR Facebook crew is coming in. I want to say good morning to some folks in the chat. I, I think we said good morning to, to Luke, but just in case we didn't, Luke says good morning, Nick and Scott, Charlie Beagle. He's coming in. Charlie, uh, it's been a bit. And, and he's, he's walking the walk. Isn't he Nick? Yeah, that's uh, I Charlie man. Charlie has been one of the was one of the first uh, subscribers or followers in the, in the chats on the Broncos channels, and I feel like we haven't seen Charlie in a while, maybe like once this summer. So uh, good to see you, Charlie. Hope you're doing well. Good day to you. Yep, welcome back, welcome back, <clears throat> Jeremy Sean. Always a regular. Saying good morning, yes. fellas. Please swipe the like to support. Absolutely, uh, we've seen some good growth on this channel uh, yeah. as we've been doing this. Uh, on this show, we are on uh, basically all of your podcasts as well. You can find us by just typing in <clears throat> after the fact. Go look up falconspodcast.com and you'll see where you can watch us. That'll take us to to Spreaker where you can click on Apple. You can click on Google. You can click on Amazon. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's on Spotify, but it's on all of them. <laughs> it's on all the ones that, that you want. So falconspodcast.com. If you want to listen after the fact, Dana Miller says, good morning to my favorite podcast. Well, good morning, Dana. Thank you. Might be the only one you listen to, but you know, Hey, uh, that's okay. I, I only listen to a couple also. So yeah. that's because they're my favorite. Um, Colin Wood asks, you know, coming on for Thursday is a chiefs chargers game only on Amazon. And I believe Jeremy says, Colin, yeah, Amazon has the exclusive rights to the Thursday night schedule. Uh, just to get off topic, topic for just a moment, Nick, talking about this. We've mentioned this before in the rising salaries and the rising salary cap. The legacy broadcasters might have to deal with the likes of the trillion dollar tech firms before too long when it comes yeah. to this space, including the likes of Amazon, Netflix, Apple, Google. They all have distribution platforms now and everybody's online. Yeah. More money going into the game might not always be good for the fans because maybe I don't want an Amazon Prime subscription, uh, but it, uh, it it will end up funneling down into the players as well. And we've seen that with the rising salary caps. Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> football's going weird places. Not as I feel like NFL is not going as weird places as colleges, but uh, I digress. Um, I looked up online when I saw this uh, question, of the, is there any way to watch it without an Amazon Prime membership or without having to pay? Uh, there's three ways listed in this article that I'm looking at from, I don't even know the website, but uh, if you live in Kansas City or Los Angeles, the game will be on local TV. So there's one. Hopefully you don't have to live into either of those places. Um, just had to get a dig in. Uh, another one is uh, if you go to a bar, there's a deal, a specific deal with like businesses where they don't have to have the uh, Amazon Prime um, link or the subscription to have some of it. So it's still carrying over in some of those areas. And the last one was um, getting the free trial. Um, so you can get a free trial, 30 day free trial for Amazon prime. A um, little bummer, a little bit of a bummer. And those are all the legal uh, ways to watch it. I'm guessing that this charges chief chiefs game might be one of the most uh, illegally pirated streamed streams. pirated stream games that we've seen in the last uh, decade. Yeah. Um, if it's important enough to me, I'll find a way to watch it. If not, you know, I'm old enough that I'm not going to pirate things these days. I'm not 20 anymore. <laughs> I, plead um, the fifth. I plead the fifth. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, and I do because we're, we work in the, in the, in the business, 
I'll, uh, you know, I'll watch it the next day on NFL plus, you know, that's a, yeah. that's a pretty good value out of market. I was a, an MLB subscriber for the entire time I was out of market, which was about 11 years that I lived in LA. Um, and then, uh, worked out of New York for two years, living in, living in Jersey, living in Jersey. Good place. Good times. Uh, Keith Robbins coming in on Facebook saying good morning. And then Keith has also dropped a like, so I appreciate you doing that. You know who else has? We can always count on our buddy Joe. Deontay Foster has as well. So be like those fellas and uh, and hit that like button on Facebook. It's a big help for us. Uh, Dominic Jaramillo coming in. Says, good morning, Nick and Scott and Dog Nation. My boys, have a great day, y'all. Go dogs. Um, looking for, well, they've got two. So kind of like, yeah, see, this isn't my Champions League jersey. Kind of like those two stars over here. The, the Bulldogs do know have two cups that they can put up with uh, with two championships. Was that 80 and 21? I guess that's a 21 season. So I, I wish they did that in college. Those, I, was, I was alive for both of them. I remember both of them. Yeah, that, I wish they did that in uh, the college football realm. I know that it's a little bit more, especially more special in the uh, World Cup because it's once only every four years. So if you have... Mm-hmm. A few of those, that's really pretty damn impressive. But, uh, yeah, no, Bulldogs look good, man. Alabama looks vulnerable. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I'm excited. It's I thought Florida would have a chance against Kentucky, but Stoops has got that team playing well, Mark Stoops. And uh, Kentucky-Florida is going to be a pretty damn good matchup when that one comes down the tracks. And you and I talked about it, and I'm not sure if it was on the air, but I said, you know what the difference was? What did Stoops do immediately when he went into Kentucky is he quit recruiting the South. Well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Everybody, you know, all the players are in the South. He was he was tenth in line in Georgia and Florida, so he says, "You know what? I'm going up into Ohio. I'm competing with the second and third Big Ten teams. I'm not going up against Ohio State and Ohio. I'm not going against Michigan in in Michigan Michigan State in, in Michigan." And I watched some of that game, and uh, I see this gigantic human being make a big play for Kentucky in the middle. He says, "Oh, that's true freshman Dion. Somebody I don't remember his name from Detroit, Michigan." I'm like, "Bang! See, that's what I'm talking about." So. He he was smart. He was smart up there. So lots of lots of uh lots of good college football. John Pope says, Good morning, weirdos. I resemble that remark. I do, I do. Uh I always said, you know, in this in this business, so you kind of cater to the lunatic fringe, and I am head lunatic. So Terry coming in here. Welcome in, Terry. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Um let me see. Let me see. Okay, I think we're fairly well caught up on the chat. So getting in back into the Deion Jones thing, you know, I, I've on record and I've said it already today, you know, I don't see any way that he, I don't see any way he's coming back next year. He's expendable now. Uh, financially, he's expendable. That's the only reason he's still on the roster now is because it would cost you money to cut him. You would actually lose money in your salary cap if he was gone. Um but he played in game three after a lengthy stint on the in, on the pup list. He played in the third game of the season uh, of the preseason. And then all of a sudden he's on injured reserve. There's been some rumblings that he's not the best locker room influence in the world. And now he's got his money. It, it's a payoff. Do we do we see him again in a Falcons uniform? Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe when he signs a one-day contract to retire, uh, but with all the moves that the Falcons have made at the position, uh, I don't think that's very likely. I, it is interesting to see the contract uh, change or the restructure. If you want to do that, I get it makes it a little bit more free money, and there's not many other contracts that you can actually do that with after already touching uh, all the other big four uh, contracts that they had heading into the season, Matt Ryan, Jake Matthews, uh, Grady Jarrett, but Definitely uh, would be a little bit of a surprise to me. And the thing is, too, I know that Deion Jones was a good linebacker there for a bit, but his age, the position he plays, you're not going to get very... He's still young, but he's got to be in the right scheme. Yeah, I mean, Joe Schubert was 28 and he fell off a cliff uh, for football. I mean, it's just that's kind of how it is. You have an injury now you're talking about as well. he's a speed guy. Yeah, Yeah, he's a a speed guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the way the game's going right now, um, when you were in that 4-3, I think you could live with a little bit of the smaller body for speed, but... we kind of saw it in the last draft. You need some guys who are big and lengthy right. to play the uh, this lighter boxes so you can cl- clog those lanes a bit. So I, I don't know. I don't know what his value would be. No, Michael Walker is still on the lighter side, but he's still bigger than Foye Luakan. He's still bigger than Deion Jones, and he played really well in the first game, was was pleased with with Michael uh, with Michael Walker. Uh, and then the other two guys they bring in, uh, Kwiatowski, if you want to count him, 
uh, Rashawn Evans and Troy Anderson, the draft pick, were all 240 plus. So, you know, you're, you're going to need size when you're, especially when you're playing that, that three, four. Uh, he has no business being an inside linebacker in a three, four. <clears throat> this isn't the right scheme for him. Uh, let him freelance a little bit as a weak side linebacker in a four, three. Uh, then that was when he was at his best, when he was able to attack behind the line of scrimmage and work laterally and, and stop the screens and all that type, drop into coverage, into his zone in the, in the boundaries. He was That was when he was really, really good. Um, last year in this offense, despite racking up a, a defense, I'm sorry, despite racking up good tackle numbers, he was just a guy. You know, he was just a guy. How many times have we seen it now where the guy has a – we've seen players now that have 100 tackles and they're out of work. You know, they're, they're just like, okay, yeah, well, I can get anybody to, to poach tackles. This, that's not, that's not difficult. Yeah, no tackles are a tackles are more of a stat of your availability, I think more than anything. Um, and it speaks to like, you know, it's like career passing yards. Well, you may not have been the best quarterback ever, but you were good enough to gather yards year after year after year. So uh, I feel like that way about tackles as well. I, I don't know. We'll see if the game kind of, uh, what happens with Deion Jones going forward? I was a little bit shocked to hear about this news, but from an accounting perspective, it makes some sense. It just gives you a little it's, bit of wiggle room. This yeah, I don't. There's no really no risk. You had to yeah. pay him anyway. It, it yeah. almost is like now, you know, just a lump sum. I'm not paying you. I don't want to have to write a check every freaking week and see your name on it. I'm done. <laughs> this is uh, this is this is it. I don't. I'm, I'm paying you out. I'm I'm in a lump sum now. I'm done with it. Uh, Steve Kennedy coming in this morning. That sounds like a familiar name. Good morning to the to the Groundhog. He's got a Groundhog's Day birthday, so that is that is Mr. Groundhog there. So good morning, good morning, Mr. Kennedy. Um, so there was also some news before we move on to the LA Rams. Um, the Falcons worked out a few players uh, yesterday coming in. Our, our former colleague, my former colleague Howard Balzer, I, I saw he had the news. Um where he mentioned some players, including one that was signed, and I'm not sure how much you have seen of, uh, of Dylan Mabin, a uh, cornerback signed to the practice squad. There was a spot open on the practice squad because Anthony Berkser, man, you can mess that up and sound really poor, uh, was, was promoted. He, he was flexed on Saturday to the, to the 50, to the 53, to the active 48 man game day roster. And instead of going back down to the practice squad, he was signed to the 53. There was a spot open because they had cut Abdullah Anderson. Anderson, Ab Abdullah Anderson again. Uh, they re-signed him to the practice squad, but there's still a spot open on the practice squad, and it was signed by cornerback Dylan Maven. Do you, uh, what do you know about him? Uh, not much. Um, lower level guy, probably going to be a practice squad body, and definitely uh, always good to be working in corners. I think corners probably probably the position you see rotated in corner cornerback and wide receiver, the position you see rotated on and off practice squads uh, the most on that back on the roster. Cause it's a young man position and a health position as well. So uh, don't know much about uh, Dylan Maven uh, coming out. I do know more about the, uh, the next guy um, for the, uh, the Falcons as well. The Falcons brought in a couple of tackles. They brought in three of them, um, which is a little interesting because, I mean, you're always, we've said it before, my job as a general manager is to replace you, is to always try and find, your job is to make sure you're irreplaceable. For one way or another is to make sure that I, you're too good to replace. I can't live without you. But as a general manager, as a scouting staff, I'm always looking for players to bring in. Hmm. The Falcons brought in three offensive tackles yesterday. Uh, the first one was, had, had a cup of coffee with the Denver Broncos, Sebastian Gutierrez. Yeah, Sebastian Gutierrez. He was one of those ones where, not to totally disparage him, but we'd be talking about the the uh, preseason games and be like, who is that one out there? The name, let me look it up. Oh, Sebastian Gutierrez. He's probably not going to be here. Yeah, yeah, who? Um, so he's really young, uh, undrafted free agent this year. Uh, I thought he, for a, you know, third string offensive tackle, offensive lineman, he was fine. Um, you typically have a massive drop-off on the offensive line, probably more so than any other unit uh, as you go down the line. So still very young. Falcons must have saw something they liked. Obviously, they also looking for a little bit of mobility uh, from the position and outside, more outside zone uh, run scheme. So, um, wishing the best for him. I mean, obviously, Broncos brought him in, didn't stick around, but uh, he's exceedingly young and has a chance to get better. Um, want to say hi to, to Blair Carter real quick. What's up? Still yelling, rise up. Good for you. You know, it, it said I uh, always typically wore my Falcons stuff. The day after something like that happened, they're like, oh, you're pretty brave wearing something like that. I'm like, dude, if, if you couldn't be a fan during the tough times, you were never going to be an Atlanta fan. It's it's mm -hmm. 
I always kind of think of the offspring song, you know, the more you suffer, the more it shows you really care, right? <laughs> so it's like, boy, we we care. You know, if you if you if you meet a Falcon stand in person, don't talk trash to them. Congratulate them because they've been through a lot. Uh, they've been through a lot. Say, oh, you must be tough. I this is someone I can trust. They're loyal. They're loyal. They're not uh, they're not just bandwagon hoppers because it's it's tough. It, it is it is tough. So welcome in, player. Appreciate you being here. Uh, an intriguing guy that they brought in, University of Utah, unsigned, undrafted free agent. Uh, Bam Olasane. Why is he a little interesting, Nick? Bam Olasane. Yeah, no, he's. Did, did before we get to that one too much? Did the Falcons move on from anybody as well? They had a spot open, so okay. they had waived. They had waived. Uh, they, they waived Abdullah Anderson, which I was not a fan of. Yeah. Um, they had flexed. Uh, so there's 52. Then they then they then promoted um, Anthony Ferkser, who they had flexed for the game. So there's the 53. Now there's a spot. There was two spots open on the practice squad because they re-signed Abdullah Anderson again. I'm not even reporting that anymore. Last year it was Elliot Fry. Elliot Fry probably yo-yoed on and off the roster for eight straight weeks before he actually was finally gone and ended up kicking in the NFL for somebody else. I don't I don't know if it was the Packers or somebody, but. Um, you know, it's th- this seems to be Anderson, and Anderson can play. Yeah. Uh, I I much rather would have seen him in there getting Matt Dickerson snaps because Matt Dickerson was a liability on Sunday against the Saints. Uh, it, that's what it looked like to me to the eye test. Uh, Pro Football Focus happened to agree with me. Whether that makes us both right or both wrong, I'm not sure. But he had about a 38 grade, uh, which sounded about right because him and uh, Adai Ogundeji on the left side of that defensive line they were a liability. Uh, that was a problem, and I would have rather seen Anderson get a chance there. So yeah. um, they had a spot open, and then they they signed Maven uh, to that to the other practice squad spot. Yeah. So uh, Bam Olasini, uh, I remember him at Utah. Uh, he, he's pretty hard to miss because he is absolutely <laughs> massive. I think he's like six listed six eight, three hundred and forty pounds. And uh, had a massive wingspan. I'm looking it up here from his pro day. It's uh, 36... almost seven and a half feet. Yeah, they have the arm length as 36 and a half inches, which is pretty damn long. And uh, they have a profile here listed next to uh, Orlando Brown uh, coming out of Oklahoma. You guys may know him as the Chiefs left tackle, former Browns, or excuse me, Ravens right tackle. Uh, so he's exceedingly raw as a player, uh, came over from England. And he's also older for a player, 26 years old. So he's going to be a multi-year project. But we talk about it on – we've talked about it on this show many times. There are only X number of people on this earth that even have the body type that to play tackle in the NFL. Uh, so um, he's one that – he might be a few years. Your offensive line coach is going to have to say yay or nay based on the personality and the intelligence. And he might not be ready to play until he's – 28 years old. I mean, for, to be completely honest, given the technique there, but offensive tackles, they, if their technique is fine, it's a position that can play well into their mid thirties. I know that everybody, Andrew Whitworth playing until 40. He's kind of an exception to the rule, but if you can get, you know, a few good years as a swing tackle from him after developing them, that's there's value to that. Uh, so want to uh, watch out for that. Yeah. And the thing is, is the, the Falcons don't have a single tackle on the practice squad, not a one. Um, I'm looking over right now. I'm like, did they sign? They, I'm pretty sure they signed Chuma to the 53. So they don't have an offensive tackle on the practice squad. Um, at right tackle, they've got Afridi and McGarry. So they only have four, four <clears throat> offensive tackles on the entire roster, uh, including the 16 man practice squad. So getting another body there makes some more sense. We'll see if they end up signing the third one. I'll just hit on him real quick. His name's Austin Pleasance. Uh, quick profile. He's, again, we were talking about size, 6'7", 300 pounds, played out of uh, Ohio University and had a had a little bit of a cup of coffee with, uh, with Carolina, with the Panthers. So um, three guys that they brought in. The fourth was Maven, who did get signed to the practice squad. Um, so always, always trying to make moves, always looking to make better. Um, you know, that's one of the questions that, that Arthur Blank Arthur Smith gets asked, you know, are you looking at this? And he's like, we're looking at everything. We're always looking. We're looking at every position always, all the time, which is, is the right answer. So 
Uh, Dave coming in. Dave says, good morning, guys. Good morning, Dave. Appreciate you being here. If you have any questions or anything, as always, you know, don't be afraid to hit us up. And Dave does a good job of coming in after the fact too, and 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 joining into the conversation. And I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the questions. You know, just a few minutes ago, I'm talking about the defense. I said offense. I caught that one. I don't always catch them when I'm live. So if something sounds really weird, like th that sounded really stupid, Scott, call me out on it, and I can give me a chance to either explain or correct myself or just admit that I was dumb. <laughs> so it's good to good to have a. Uh, Good to have y'all on here. Uh, we're at 9.30. We'll go in about another 15 minutes or so. Let's take a look to um, the Rams. Um, Arthur, Arthur, God, I've called him Arthur Blank twice already. Arthur Smith backed down on Tuesday from his shenanigans, on Monday after his shenanigans at the post game on Sunday, basically saying, I was frustrated. Um, my comments, I didn't mean to direct that at this group in the room, which is what I've been saying all along, Nick. You know, anybody yeah. that's been dogging the Falcons, um, they're not in that room. <laughs> Those are the people that he's working with every day. You know, uh, the, the D-led betters, um, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Josh Kendall, The Athletic, Michael Rossi and ESPN, uh, Tori from the Atlanta Falcons. You know, she's not asking too many crazy questions or anything, but they're they're a friendly they're a friendly group and he basically apologized to them on monday which was good but my concern was nick i'm like if you're already acting like this what happens when it gets worse it could get worse this week the rams are coming off a pretty embarrassing loss they got manhandled by the bills at home 10 days to prepare super bowl champs selling your car on cars.com is so fast it's like the dealer is in your own backyard. Get the best offer instantly, confirm with the dealer, and the money's yours. Cars.com. It's magical. Tap to sell on Cars.com today. Do they bounce back, or are they just not as good as we thought? Uh, could be a little bit of both. Uh, but I think that the, regardless, it's not going to hurt as much as the Saints game. The expectation of the Saints game, you had a chance. It was your home opener, and to blow a lead like that, Emotions are going to be high, and I can speak from personal experience. Uh, everyone, a personal anecdote from Nick. Here we go. But uh, the what was it? The twenty thirteen Super Bowl against the Seahawks, where the Broncos lost forty three to eight. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that was a national embarrassment. Blah 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 blah. Nothing hurts like the twenty twelve divisional game where the Broncos gave up a touchdown with forty seconds left against the Ravens. To have that pulled out from under you and uh, that quickly too, you're still trying to process it. At least in the Seahawks game, you got punched early, and it was like, okay, well. Season's over. A good season, a lot of fun memories. But the 2012 playoff game, when you had it and it slipped away because of your own undoing, that hurts the worst. And that's when the emotions, I think, are going to be the little bit most testy. Uh, so I guess if the Falcons do come out and get beat uh, soundly against the Rams, I think it's going to be more of a solemn, you know, like, yeah, well, we have things to work on, rather than the emotional, like, the charge or discharge that we saw from uh, Arthur on that one. And again, I'm, I'm okay with being upset. You should be upset. You should yeah. be upset with yourself. You should be upset with your team. You should be upset with, you should be upset period. Um, but it, it just continued a pattern, you know, for me, it's, it continues a pattern of punching down at the people that people that are in the room. And here's the thing. D lad's going to be there longer than you or, you know, Orlando Ledbetter has been doing this for 30 years. He's going to be in that room longer than you are. He's going to be there after you are, you know, it, the, the average lifespan of a Falcons coach is about four years. Um, you know, if you get 10 D led still probably going to be, there. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, they last longer. Um, but, you know, going back to, you know, I, I want to get off of that. We, we've, we've talked about that. And uh, you know, I, I think that Arthur Smith, again, I like Arthur Smith. I've said that from the get go. I've been telling y'all from the beginning, this could be a tough year record wise, but I like the direction the team is going. They went out and punched the Saints in the mouth for three and a half quarters and falconed it with half a team. You know, let's let's give these guys a full roster, you know, a couple of years. I, I do want to see that. But I, I think the task of going out to LA after that game, knowing what the 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 Rams and Sean McVay, they're gonna get their best shot. They're not gonna get looked over. They're not gonna coming off a big win where they're going to look over the the Falcons who they can't see them down there at you know 30 in the power rankings they're going to get the Rams best shot and I don't think they can they can they can handle that one uh real quick Dave um 
expand on this one. Did you see the stats ESPN's Mike Rossi posted about the Falcons defense in the fourth quarter? Perfect example of why stats can sometimes be misleading. I feel like I saw it. Um, he's one of the few guys that's in my Twitter feed, but I don't remember it. The one I remember was 12 of 13 for 212 yards and two touchdowns from Jameis Winston as he turned into playoff Joe um, in the fourth quarter. That's the one I, I remember. Yeah. Absolutely. And we got a question here from uh, Dave saying, Nick, do you think the Seahawks played inspired emotional football or do you think they have a chance to be decent? I'm worried about week three. I think that watching that game and having watched it twice now, Broncos played Broncos pretty much shot themselves in the foot. Now I know the Seahawks had a chance to take, take it away as well. dropped interception, fumble, et cetera, et cetera. But Denver moved the ball at will and to go over four in the red zone was bad. I do think that they played emotional inspired football. I also think, Geno Smith had the game of his life, but like fumbles bouncing right into Seahawks players. The Broncos fumbling two balls on the goal line hasn't happened since a team hasn't done that in one game since 1984. So not in that was strike time. replacement players. That was the scabs. Yeah. 1984. You heard that part. That was yeah. a scab game too. You, yeah. you might not have even been alive then. I was not. That was, uh, <laughs> I was Atlanta Fulton County stadium against the Raiders. Uh, right before there. And the Falcons are looking awful. The eighties, the Falcons had one winning season in the eighties and that was 1980. Um, that was it. So this was when I'm doing ages seven to 17. That's my formative years of Atlanta Falcons football. I think my dad was at that game. Cause he came home and told me, you know, it says the, the fans were chanting at that game before they went on strike, go on strike. They were, they were chanting at the, the game, go on strike, go on strike. Um, and Dave watching this game, I don't think this is an, an, or question, honestly. Yeah. I think the Seahawks played and inspired emotional football, and I think they have a chance to be defense, uh, decent. Um, now, are they going to be knocking on the door of the playoffs? You know, probably not. NFC's can they go 7-10 and 10 and beat the teams below them? Yeah, they can. Are they going to yeah. be favored next week against the Falcons? Yes, they will be. They That's will Seahawks. be favored. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll be favored in that game. Um, I want to make sure I said hi to Chris. I think I did, but just in case, meant to. Good morning, Chris. Um, glad you are here. Now, some of the things the Falcons need to do a little better um, in order to, you know, have a chance, a puncher's chance. You know, nobody gave them a chance, chance against the Saints. They had that game. Um, some of the things they need to do. What, what are some of the keys? If the Falcons can do this, they can beat the Rams. Yeah. If the Falcons protect the football. Honestly, they can beat the Rams. And if the Falcons find a way to limit Aaron Donald, I know that's a easy one, hard to do, but as long as you are on schedule, I and mean, we saw last week, Mariota escaping the pocket, the Falcons offensive line, giving up zero sacks might be a little bit more difficult with uh, Aaron Donald, although these saints have a pretty damn good defensive line too. Not an Aaron Donald, of course, because nobody has that besides mm -hmm. the Rams. But I think if they can stay on schedule and win the turnover battle, they got a chance. Uh, but it's going to be one of those games where, I mean, we saw it last week, any given Sunday, anything can happen. Uh, so definitely one that happens. I also think this, the Rams, but, you know, there's the Super Bowl hangover. I think that's certainly a possibility with them. That was a team last year that everything went their way from injuries to the ball bounce in our way. They won the Super Bowl. They put it all in on last season and they won. Good for them. Uh, but I think they have a, a soft underbelly to the roster. So if you can kind of play the long game with them, start working on their depth a bit, might be a team that has some issues there. And what do the Falcons want to do? They want to come out and move the ball. They want, yeah. I mean, oh, stupid. That was said stupidly. Possess. I apologize. They, they want to run the ball. They want yeah. to come out and they're, they're okay going five, six yards at a time and, and working their way down the fields and grinding it out and, and limiting their depth on defense because there's, there really is a problem uh, with the depth on defense for sure. So, um, you know, who's going to play every snap in the game? <clears throat> Hopefully your quarterback and those five offensive linemen. Those are the ones that play every snap. Everybody else on defense, for the most part, in the front seven rotates. Wear them out. Um, can Drew Dahlman survive Aaron Donald? Um, I know where I would line him up. I feel okay, relatively speaking now, of course. This is Aaron Donald we're talking about. But if he lines up on the left side of that line, I feel okay with now, compared to last year, with Dahlman and Lindstrom, working Donald and leaving McGarry singled up. I feel better with McGarry singled up on the outside 
uh, at tackle than I than I would have this time last year, where basically, oh God, what is Lindstrom going to do? Because he has to help one or the other. McGarry is playing at such a better level for the last month. I'm okay having Chris Lindstrom look inside if Aaron Donald's on that side of him, uh, is, is to look inside and help Dahlman in the middle and leave Gary out on an island with, a, with an edge. We're not talking, um, you know, Bosa and Mac here yet with the Chargers. It's, it's not quite the same group. I think McGarry can handle. He, held, he, he limited Cam Jordan. I think he can handle himself out there at the tackle this year, which is something I don't think I would have said six months ago, Nick. Something yeah, I know no. I wouldn't have said six months ago, Nick. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's definitely improved, and uh, that's why you don't quit on traits, especially at a position that's developmental, like offensive tackle. I mean, we saw it in Denver with Garrett Bowles. Everybody was screaming about him every single game. He's not perfect by any means, but there are not many quality offensive tackles even out there, you know, B-level ones. So uh, to get that has been pretty good. We got Albert Knoppers coming in saying, hello, y'all. Hello to you. I uh, hope you're yeah. doing well, Albert. Albert. Luke says, I think the Falcons would beat the Seahawks. Um, neutral field. You know, for me, this one comes down to uh, a home field advantage type. Going into Seattle, back-to-back West Coast road trips after going to L.A. And it, it we'll see. <laughs> my, my, my feeling is the Falcons are going to be humbled a little bit and not come out of there. They're, they're coming out of the Saints game a little pissed off. We had that game. We can do better. I, I think LA is going to win this one fairly comfortably. And then to come home, turn around, fly another 3,000 miles to Seattle again on the road, 12th man. It, it's going to be loud. It's going to be tough. And right now the Falcons are as healthy as they're going to get. Uh, one injury here or there, there's just no depth. When I talk about half a roster, part of that's depth. The starting 22 is okay right now. It, it's not yeah. bad. There's obviously places where you can upgrade, but it's not bad. But the drop-off, my God. Yeah. You know, if, if, if these guys start, you know, Cordell Patterson tweaks an ankle, um, you know, Dr- Drake London, all of a sudden his, his knee flares up. You know, anything happens to either one of these offensive tackles right now, it's, it, they cannot – they can't afford any injuries with $111 million of, 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 of uh, salary. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're, they're just not deep enough right now. So I've said before, it's going to be a long season. I like the direction, but I would take the C I'm going to, I would pick the Seahawks in Seattle over the Falcons. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we got John Pope saying that the Rams offensive line is looking pretty weak. They allowed seven sacks against the bills. I want more. What's y'all sack prediction. Uh, Matt Stafford looks pretty old and banged up. I know he's got a shoulder issue. It's either shoulder or elbow as well, but um, let's not get it twisted here. Uh, the bills have one Playing of the most- in Detroit for 10 years is like dog years. Yeah. Uh, he's, he, you know, that's, that's like 25 years of beatings that he's taken. It's like Matt Ryan, you know, Matt yeah. Ryan, love him or hate him. He's a freak for his durability for what he's endured that. I mean, he's missed like two games in a 15 year career. I mean, taking, getting hit more than any quarterback in the league. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. So if, if you say, oh, Matt Ryan looks old, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. No, I totally get it as well. But as far as uh, seven sacks against the Bills, Bills have one of the best one in line one and line twos in the entire NFL. I mean, we saw it when the Bills play in preseason. Their backups were just dominant uh, even, and their starters are even better. I mean, Von Miller there, A.J. Epinesa, Gregory Rousseau, Carlos Basham, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips. I mean, it just goes on and on. So I do not think I mean, the Falcons' defensive front is better than it was last year, but Bills have an argument for the best overall uh, unit in the entire NFL. So I'm guessing you're, you'd hope for about four, but I don't think seven is replicatable. The key here is I'd rather see instead of going four zero like it did this year last week, four sacks in the first half, goose egg in the second half. How about two and two? I'll take four sacks a game for God's sakes. We barely had one sack a game last year. It was eighteen and seventeen games. That's insane. They had four in the first half, but then it got quiet. Um, I don't know if the Falcons. You know, Nick could be better at this. Me as far as checking all twenty two, but Jameis Winston didn't go through progressions. It wasn't like the rush wasn't necessarily getting to him. He was dropping back. And I've said this about any NFL quarterback. If you watch an NFL quarterback in rhythm, take a snap three, five, seven, set his foot and throw. It's a completion 95% of the time. 
First read, boom, 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 out. It's it's there. And he was getting that. He was getting the deeper drops, set, throw. He wasn't reading the field. He was unleashing a beautiful ball, and the dude's got an arm. We, we know that. He throws a pretty ball, and he was getting big chunks out there. Um, so I'd like to see a little more rotation, uh, a little more depth. You got to get more out of uh, out of out of, out of Ade and uh, and Matt Dickerson. You know, Ade's listed as a starter right now. I would flip. I said this on Monday. I would flip him and uh, and um, Evan Katie right now. Uh, I think the snaps were almost two to one in favor of of Ade. I'd flip him. I'd, I'd put the rookie out there right now. Yeah, definitely. This is a game you probably want to grind a bit as well. So. I'm- I like to Tyler Algier coming out. I don't really know what's going on there. They have a little bit of loyalty to Damian Williams, but Damian Williams got dinged up, right? So we'll. See he what said he, he felt like he broke a rib when he went yeah. down. He, he said the guy uh, landed on him. Um, you know, Damian Williams has had injury issues the whole time. Okay, um, Avery Williams has never played running back in an NFL game, and Cordero Patterson. So I'm going out there with Cordero Patterson, who had a career high in carries. I don't want him touching the ball 30 times a game. I'd like 15. I don't want 30. He's never going to last. Um, not though, especially, and, and that has more to do with his style. He re- he runs a ball like a kick returner. Well, if I return kicks 30 times a game, I he he wouldn't last a season. Of uh, you know, he's it's it's full on attack mode. Always, always, always. You know, there's got to be some preservation in there. You know, duck your head and and let him ride you to the ground. Um, Damian Williams hurt on his second carry, and then like I said, Avery Williams. So. Uh, so Algier, the one for me, isn't necessarily any one of those three, you know, Avery Williams has a spot on this roster because he's going to return punts and did a good job doing it. They're really high on Damian Williams for some reason, despite the fact he's never rushed for 500 yards in his career. Uh, Cordero Patterson's not going anywhere. We know that Felipe Franks was supposed to make this team because he was supposed to help on special teams. And Tyler Algier wasn't helping on special teams. Felipe Franks got zero snaps at tight end, zero snaps in special teams. Give that spot to Tyler Algier. Give it to him. Uh, yeah. That that's what you needed. Yeah. No, I think you'd uh, like him. And Tyler Algier is the type of running back you'd like to have to. Once you have the lead, grind the clock down and beat him up because you're you're, you're going to have to earn every single tackle against him. He's not Javonta Williams, but I think he was third in college football last year in yards after contact per attempt. Uh, Dave coming in, guys. I hope the Falcons' offensive line play is real. It'll take a lot of pressure off the entire team. Yeah, um, shout out to the offensive line coach in this unit in general. Um, been looking pretty good. It's been one game, but it's like we've said on many of the shows, but it's not really about having all pros at every single position. It's about not having complete, horrible, inept players on the line. Caleb McGarry stepping up, uh, getting Elijah Wilkinson's baseline play there at left guard. It's not going to be a great unit, but it's going to be a unit where you can do what you need to do on the offense, more or less, especially with a little bit of mobility there at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, one of the best surprises of the preseason for me was Caleb McGarry and Eli Wilkinson, without a doubt. One of the reasons I have been harsh, not just on this team, but on the drafting strategy was because your offensive line was so poor. Uh, you know, what good is having a couple of pass catchers if I can't get them the ball? If I can't run the ball or protect the passer, it doesn't really matter what, who my receivers are. Um, we saw that to a certain extent, you're unable to grind out a game. We've seen that for how long now? 10 years when you're not able to kill off a game that you've got to lead because your offensive line isn't as good as you'd like it to be and your defensive front isn't as good as you'd like it to be. But hey, I got great you know, specialists and, and skill players. <clears throat> Frustrating. Um, but without a doubt, Jake Matthews is a solid pro. Is he a Top five guy that's got a $33 million cap hit next year? No, he's not. But he's a solid pro. No problem there. Eli Wilkinson is serviceable. That is a massive upgrade over what was there last year. Massive. You went from, you know, you went from, you know, I'm having trouble just casting a shadow block to to a a serviceable. Drew Dahlman looked good, solid, especially guys that were head up on him. I was impressed. Lindstrom was a freaking beast on yeah. I mean, he was awesome. And then right tackle, Caleb McGarry was really, really good. He got a mid-level grade, which is okay. Yeah. It's still an improvement, but I, he wasn't a 65 for me. He was a 75 to 80 in this game. He was really, really good. Long may it continue. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, talking about just full circle, putting a bow on it here with uh, the Deion Jones contract restructure with the poison pill years or the voided years at the end there. Um, I don't think they can use the term poison pill anymore, but do you think this has anything to do with Chris Lindstrom and a potential contract negotiation on the surface? I, I of put cap that in now? writing. So I did. I put that in writing, Nick. Yep. Uh, when I wrote it up on allfalcons.com, um, I have fun with that one because it's my site. I'm not writing yep. for anybody else. So I, I can I can have a little more uh, a little more flexibility on it. If I screw something up, it's on me. I don't mind screwing up for me. I hate screwing up for other people. Um, but I, I said that. I'm like, so this, this says either you're making another move or possibly open up some cap for an extension. The thing is, though, Nick, as I, and Lindstrom's the next guy in line for sure. Um, you can give him an extension and lower his cap, you know? So I don't necessarily need the salary cap room because he's on a, he's on a, uh, an option year, a high option year. I think it's around 13, 14. Um, next year as a first round draft pick with this, with his fifth year option, Fully guaranteed, so that means that's what his cap hit is. Well, we know we could give him, you know, three years, fifty million dollars with forty guaranteed, and lower that cap hit next year to seven, you know, to six. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it. Again, I almost feel like it's as much to do. And if you're listening afterwards, I'm kind of brushing my hands. It's almost like pay this man off. I don't want to write him a check every month and be done with it. It's it just feels strange a little bit, yeah. the Deion Jones extension. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, the, pivoting on that one a bit too, you talk about Chris Lindstrom lowering his cap hit. Probably couldn't do that with Caleb McGarry. Now you want to see more from Caleb McGarry here, but where he's playing right now, maybe you at least open the talks with his agents for a, you know, maybe a three-year deal where mm-hmm. you're going to get more guaranteed right now. We're going to pay you more right now. We created a little bit of space. Do you want that uh, security? I know that we talked about it all off season. You want to see it for a larger sample size, which I agree with, but at least now you start to be like, okay, you look solid here. We're going to have a lot of cap space. We do not need to create another hole, especially if you know we're going to have Desmond Ritter back there or a different rookie quarterback at some point uh, coming down the tracks. We want to have as few issues on the offensive line as possible. Uh, maybe you start to make some inroads there. Uh, Thea comes in, says, would you swap uh, Malone with Quentin Bell? Yes, I would. Uh, yes. Yes, I would. <clears throat> and, um, we talked about this a little bit. So some of the parallels, you know, we've got a lot of, of Broncos fans in here, Falcons fans. You know, we can we can all be fans of the game here. One of the parallels I made, we're talking about Nick Benito, you know, not being active, hardly being involved here. And I, I've said before, I think that the expectations on Benito are a little higher just because he was the first pick, but he was 64th pick. Just 18 spots later, D'Angelo Malone was taken as an edge by the Atlanta Falcons just 18 spots later. He was inactive. So, you know, not Nick Benito wasn't ready, didn't play a ton. Well, D'Angelo Malone was inactive. I would like to see Quentin Bell played. I just looked it up. He played like 10 snaps um, is what PFF has. Quentin Bell, uh, 10 snaps. Uh, yeah, I'd rather have my rookie out there, um, especially in pass rush situations. Maybe I can have him get because he's he's. You know, the, the, the new phrase is, is twitchy. I always call it bouncy. I mean, he's just bouncy. He, he moves like a freaking pogo stick. I love him. Um, I, I would like to see Malone out there instead of Bell. Get your get your rookie out there. But they don't like to play a ton of rookies on defense. Ask Troy Anderson. Ask Richie Grant. Speaking of which, Richie Grant looked good second year. Let's, yeah. let's stop redshirting these guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, Richie Grant did look good in that game. We'll see how it continues to play. Rams are going to obviously isolate some guys there. And we got Blizzard Mike coming in. Uh, with a cool Falcons logo there. Say so next time we got our sworn enemies down like that, I hope we finish the job. Yeah, this is, I said it on the Broncos show. This is a, their loss week one is going to be one where you look back as like, oh man, if we'd have had that one, if only, if only. I think this is a one, unfortunately, Falcons fans, where you're going to look back and be like, wow, if we would have won that one, we'd have been picking spot, you know, 12 instead of seven. And that's the difference between the difference to move up from 12 to seven as a first round pick. So we got a first round pick. Too in it's too soon. It's too soon. Okay. It's too soon. I, mm-mm. Yes. It, the logic can take over in March. In March? Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> the week after you you throw a game away against the Saints, I don't want to hear about draft. I want to hear boys do better. You know, yeah. I don't want to hear about draft. I don't want to, I don't, we don't, 
the folks in Atlanta don't want to hear about that just yet. Talk about how it can get better and why depth is a concern on this team. It is, it's going to, you've got to figure out a way to get some rotations in, you know, you know, Grady Jarrett graded out of this world by PFF. You know, I posted that article and the responses were, yeah, but he disappeared in the fourth quarter like everybody else. Well, not necessarily. And I can scheme around one guy on the defensive line. I've said that since Grady Jarrett moved into a three, four, I can scheme around him. Uh, I can put two guys on him and and make everybody else beat you. So he can't do it by himself. And Kevin Mountain coming in and says, good morning. Good morning to you, Kevin. And John says, I saw uh, Caleb McGarry stand up Cam Jordan one-on-one. I blinked like 20 times. I wasn't sure if I was hallucinating. Exactly. He he handled Cameron Jordan. Handled him. Yeah. Um, you know, Cameron Jordan's getting up there a little bit in age, but so what? Cam Jordan, until proven otherwise, is still Cam Jordan. Yeah. And it just continues a good preseason and full game from what I've seen from Caleb McGarry. Love it. Keep it going. Keep, yeah. keep it going, Caleb. You're going to make yourself $40 million in the off season. This is, this is an eight figure year for you, kid. Uh, keep it, keep it going. Um, I've been harsh on Caleb McGarry. Um, I won't say rightfully so, but I feel like it's been justified based on his play and his, his draft pedigree. And I will absolutely prop him up when he's playing well. And right now he's playing really well on that note, Nick, we got to get out of here. Um, yeah. We will not talk Falcons again until next Monday. So prediction for this game, uh, Rams, Falcons real quick. I think that the Rams are going to win this one pretty well. I think that uh, Falcons, I have some good moments, but I think the Rams win this one probably. Let's go 30 to 20. I was thinking lots of field goals again. I think uh, I think Joe said improving in the red zone was something that you've got to do. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I was in the 31 to 16 range where you get a touchdown, kick three field goals. Uh, you're not able to limit the weapons that that uh, they have, that the Rams have. Stafford bounces back from a three-interception game and is sharper against this defense. And 31-16, fairly close through two and a half quarters, and then the depth and, and overall talent takes over. On that note, uh, thanks, everybody, for being here uh, on our, our regularly scheduled Wednesdays. We will have a reaction show on Monday morning starting at 8.45 a.m. Uh, we will not do our second episode of Behind Enemy Lines on Friday because I am not available Friday morning. So we will skip that one and resume with Seattle Seahawks next Friday. But the next time we will see you is after the game on Monday. We both just predicted Rams win, so hopefully y'all can come in here and say, ah, what do you guys know? Exactly, exactly. We know nothing. So on that note, Nick, appreciate you being here, and uh, see you uh, see you next Monday. Yeah, see you guys.